Yo, yo, this is Treasy. And I'm Young Leezy. And we are the On Ear Network. We know you've heard our tag at the end of this show, but it dawned on us that we've never really introduced ourselves. So we wanted to invite you to listen to all of our podcasts. Right now, our roster consists of And Then We Had Sex, a comedy couple that talks about their sex life with an occasional celebrity. The Locker Room, where men take off their filters and say how they really feel. And Grams of Snow, for your underworld and organized crime stories. And of course, Kind of Movie Critics which is our show, where we deep dive into movies and TV. So if you enjoy this show, check out some of One Ear's other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's start the show. You were uh, a little rough on them in that meeting. They're big boys, Peter. I don't have to pander to spoiled children. Actually, you do, Barry. If you're stepping into Evan's shoes, you need to understand what he actually does. Creatives aren't just monkeys with pens and typewriters. They, they have a real vision for the film. I mean, they know better than anybody. Bob isn't here. So his shoes, no matter how big and creative they are, they will remain empty in a closet, forgotten. Yes, yes. Hi, friends. Grams of Snow podcast, your favorite. Oh, what do you say? I said we're here. Yeah, we're here. I'm sorry, I overcut you like that. <laughs> your favorite mafia, gangster, uh, drug dealer, political crime, teenage drug use. Yep, they, that's that's the one. Rico. Say again. Rico. Rico. I was trying to roll the R, it didn't work. <laughs> Rico, I know how to Suave. do it. Suave. Oh, no uh, The white collar crime. That podcast, man. We cover all things Rico related. It's us. Yep. And we're here to talk about episode nine, nine mm-hmm. of The Offer, Paramount Plus, The Offer. What say you, Six? This episode was the first episode where there was filler. It was a lot of filler this yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. it was, the episode was good, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it was cool. It was important. Yeah. But this was a 30-minute episode, for real. It yeah. didn't need to be all this just stuff. It was a lot of filler. I, you know, right off the bat. I was like, how the fuck are both me and Six, how are we both wrong and both right? I was I came here <laughs> to say Italy, that, like, that you were right, but me too. Right. They touched upon it like, hey, they almost, but they didn't. Yes. Yeah. So anybody, if anybody doesn't remember last episode, you know, there was, you know, I raised the question, would the production of The Godfather get pressed even harder by the mafia in, mm-hmm. in, in Italy shooting? Um, six felt like it really wouldn't, and I was like, "Well, this is kind of like the birthplace of the mafia, so I would imagine that they would they would feel pressure." And my thing was like, "No, nah, they no one's gonna care. They're not doing that big of a deal. It's small, but yeah." And, and but you said something that was very specific that they ended up doing. You were like, "Well, they'll just go to like a you know they'll just shoot like kind of like in a, a little small town, in a little somewhere. small town, sort of off brand sort of thing." And I was like, "Yeah, I could see that happening." But in my mind, I'm like, "Nah, they're gonna get pressed." Yeah. And so, so when I'm watching this, I'm glad I didn't do this because I was going to text you when I watched it. I was watching it like, God damn, he was right. He's never going to shut the fuck up if he's right. When they were sitting at dinner. When and, they introduced the nigga, I was like, oh, I know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is this where the pressure going to come from. I just knew I was right. And then the next scene, them driving to a small town and they ain't have no problems after Ready that. Ready said, nigga, not today. Uh-uh. <sighs> Ready said, I've had enough. I've had enough. What do we say to the God of death? Not today. Yeah. Uh-uh. One of y'all is enough. I just, it's not, no. Yeah, I no. just got out of this situation. Mm-mm. 
So, yeah. So, how how about that? We was both right, both wrong. How about us both admitting it, too? That's crazy. Oh, come on. It's a lot of growth happening growth. on this podcast. What do you call that? That's growth. That's growth. That's for sure growth. Yeah, man. A lot of that happened happening on this pod. Um, I, I'm in a thousand percent agreement with you. This was the first episode where I was just like, the Easter eggs were too much on the nose. That last scene with the nurse and him sitting there with Joe. Yeah, it was like the ending of yeah. The Godfather when they close the door on Kay. Um, and, uh, you know, this, yeah, this was just the first time where I was like, oh, they kind of. They dragging it. They dragging it. And, and so, some of the, you know, they made Italy not even that important for real. Like, Which is crazy because Coppola was right. It was so important to the film. Okay. But in this, like, yeah, we went there, we shot, yeah. blow up the car was cool, we avoided La Costa Nostra. It was really cool to see how they, it was really cool to see how they got the scene for the conversation with Apollonia's father. Right. That was really cool to see how that came about. Well, see, that was that was the first time, that was, at that moment, I was like, yo, they're really- Dragging it. Well, not dragging it, but they're just really being like, now they're putting the Easter eggs in my face. Like, before- it wasn't like that. It was a little yeah. bit more subtle. But when when Coppola walked up and was like, "Oh, this could be the restaurant where they meet the," I was mm-hmm. like, "I already knew that," because it feels like it was the same set. It looked like it, but not even just that. Down to him talking and Betty being the translator, and her and him doing something she didn't understand. Right? Like, why would you agree to that and be like, "Don't worry about it"? Like, it was just like, right? Okay, okay, okay I get yeah. it. Yeah, and then and then so the the. The restaurant owner's son comes out right. and sees Betty, and they kind of have like that Michael Apollonia moment. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it it was just like I don't know. They really didn't even have to show us Sicily for real. They they really didn't. It, it was kind of it kind of had no impact on anything. Yeah. Um. You know, I didn't. I never thought in a million years that the car blowing up scene was really of that much importance. Um, you know, but when I think about it, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they made a car blow up in Italy. That is a practical effect. That is something that takes like, you know, if you were to do that on a movie set as somebody, you, you know, somebody that has expertise in like, you know, explosions or arson, you know, whatever they call it, like arson. Pyrotechnics. <clears throat> yeah. Pyrotechnics. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, there's a whole like specific person that you have to bring in. Cost money. For, for something. And it does cost money. So for them to be able to make that happen on that budget, which I know for a fact Francis Ford Coppola did not budget for that on his little no. sheet of paper. No, he didn't. <laughs> you know, but somehow they made it work. Um, but when you kind of see the conversion rate, I guess it makes sense how much he paid for that restaurant. Yeah, 35 bucks. Like yeah. 35 bucks. So, I mean, so, you know, I guess that would be the. That was his. I think that explains why he was like, we'll do all the hiring there. Mm-hmm. Because had he done it here, he would have had to pay a USD mm-hmm. versus over there, fifty grand, thirty five dollars. Yeah, here. Yeah, well, it's shit, and not just USD, but then you have to travel for getting them over yeah. there, lodging, and all of Insurance, that other stuff. Insurance, okay. yeah. So it makes more sense travel lean and hire local. Yeah. Um, which is what you want to do when you know when when you go to other locations, you know you kind of want to contribute to the economy. And, yeah. And the, honestly, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with like tax breaks and stuff like that, but um. I'm not gonna say it here. <laughs> uh, well, well, it's it, it's like a thing in filming, right? That's why like a lot of productions went to Atlanta because they started having, you know, amazing, you know, sort of like tax rebates. Really? Where it's, yeah, where okay. it's like, uh, you know, every state, every state that participates has their own sort of like criteria. 
So it may be something where it's like, if you spend, if you spend at least $10 million here, we will comp you X amount of millions of dollars in taxes. Really? Like, yeah. That it's Yeah. There's like tax. That's, that's when you start seeing a lot of productions happening in a specific place. Expect there's a tax break going on, people are taking advantage of it. Well, that's what it is, yeah, okay. for sure. So, you know, I know like a couple years back, um, maybe about a decade ago, uh, North Carolina was really I was hot. about to bring up Charlotte say, is that what happened in Charlotte and why it kind of fizzled out? Yeah, it kind of fizzled out because, well, see, Charlotte, I wasn't hearing so much about. It was another place in Durham, North Carolina. Durham, Raleigh, that whole yeah, corridor. Yeah, it's like a specific place, though, like not Greensboro. There were... There's a specific place where it was really happening, where they were shooting a lot of movies. But yeah, North Carolina, all in general, mm-hmm. and um, and then I think what happened is North Carolina kind of like rescinded their 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 tax benefit because yeah. they were like it's not really contributing to the economy. Yeah, because see what happens is is like these productions will come in and they will bring all of their key people. Mm. from other places and it's like and just to take advantage of the tax break versus yeah that's not fair it's not right so you know as a production i think the responsibility is to you can bring certain people that have to travel with you they're the core but try to do as much local hiring as possible you know and 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 spend into the local economy because uh you know especially if they're giving you money back for doing it yeah so yeah so north carolina a little while back was uh was big on that and then like new orleans for a long time and i, th- I think still so mm-hmm. new orleans was like a destination for i like, can see that it's a tourist area anyway so yeah well and especially like after katrina after yeah. katrina they really like like well the way like, people exploited you know, it after katrina i hope so yeah everyone wants to do a documentary down there everyone's tell a story down there or some apocalyptic story like right. yeah, you should and i think that was their way of like saying hey listen we we sort of need we need some help you yeah. know what i mean we need some we need some help outside of the federal landscape <clears throat> so that you know they they made themselves attracted to big mm. productions um you know atlanta you know miami has a not miami not got coke. a super great huh they got coke and bitches <laughs> yeah but their tax rebate is not super great last time i checked on it but that's like a big thing for virginia that's why like virginia mm. hasn't opened up yet because we're not virginia has not fully said okay we're going to work with outside situation i know like about three or four years ago for uh you know pharrell was trying to get it opened up and then netflix even wrote like a letter to ralph northam who was the governor at the time um you know saying hey listen we would love to really use virginia yeah you know but in order for that to happen it needs to financially yeah. make sense because virginia is one of them states where we have everything every landscape we have a coast we have mountains we have valleys Desert places, even plains, like we got, uh, you know, metropolitan suburb Appalachia. Yeah, we like, got le, le, Virginia. Legitimately has every the landscape. Fucking sticks. Yeah. We, then we have Nova. Like mm. then you got little beach towns. We have immense farmland. Yeah, yeah. little and, small cute towns. Like and we've been utilized for bigger productions. I know Spielberg's been here a few times. Uh, he did some scenes from like Minority Report here. He did. Uh, he pretty much shot all of Lincoln here. What did Tom Hanks shoot here? Um, Lincoln, was that? No, no, that wasn't Lincoln. Tom Hanks did. It wasn't uh, too long ago. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks had something going on here, and I can't remember yeah. what it was. But yeah, um, yeah, Virginia's been utilized heavy, you know, and you know, the, uh, the, there was a movie called The New World, sort of about like the 
you know, John Rolfe, that whole thing. Sure. And like, um, what's the, uh, oh God, what's the thing the with the, where the American came and, and, and got with the indigenous girl. What's the, what's the story there? They kind of redid it as Avatar. What's, oh man, like, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Fuck, this is going to work my nerves, man, because when I say the name, you're going to know. I know you're talking about Pocahontas. Pocahontas, there you go. Yeah. That man was on it. Pocahontas was the American. Oh, I'm not too familiar. I thought Pocahontas was the, I thought Pocahontas keep going, was. Keep going. Was the Native American. Yeah. John Wolfe came from England. Right. That's what I'm saying. You said the American came and got with the indigenous girl. Oh, whoa. Okay, right, right, You equated right, white right. with American. That's why I was like, whoa. I don't know what he's talking about. You see you see how white supremacy works? Six? Listen, it's an infection. <laughs> you got to pluck it out the rip. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. My apologies. Yeah. I, I fucked that all up. And that, exactly who I was talking about, Pocahontas. But um, Terrence Malick directed. It was with Colin Farrell. It was called The New World. They shot that oh, here. okay. Yeah, Jamestown and all of that. Yeah. So, so Virginia, uh, you know. Yeah. We got it. You well, know, with their... I can talk. <laughs> With a Republican governor, mm-hmm. I imagine that might be more feasible now. It may be. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I didn't think about it from that capacity, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, they definitely about getting to the bread. Yeah. So, you know, that I, if, if he were, if Youngkin were to do that, I, that would be one of the things I ain't going to hold you. I, I champion that because it opened yeah. up a lot of opportunity, especially in my field. The like, older I get, the I understand people who just think everybody is shit. So I stray away from parties. It's what you doing. Yeah. So that's, a, that's not a bad thing to do for the not, economy. So it's not. I can't knock you for that. I still, you know, mm-hmm. lean very. My heart says just unlearning some stuff is going to be hard. Like, right. you know, I'm black, supposed to be a Democrat. But also, why wouldn't you open it up to film? Like, why would you not invite more money? It doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. But, I mean, I can see how it could hurt something. Yeah. But there, I imagine there are stops and laws and, and rules you can put in places of how much and where and. Maybe it's about how we do have a lot of historical sites here that mm-hmm. people probably would fuck up. Like imagine having free reign over Jamestown or the Great Dismal Swamp. Well, f- you fuck it up. Yeah, but. free reign. I, I, free reign wouldn't be. But that's what I mean. I'm yeah. sure there are things you can put in place, but For maybe sure. that was a concern because we do a lot of. It's one of the first places that these people came and conquered. So for good or for bad, yeah. a lot of his history is here for America. So right. You know, I, I think there's something to that because I, I feel like that's like the main component when it comes to not bringing a major sports team here. You know, you look at it all It will the... fuck up our waterways. I, I know people want one, but mm-hmm. there's no way you could build that and not damage either a swamp or a waterway or we already have flooding issues. Mm-hmm. Try it, it does not make sense on an, um not economics, not what I want to say ecological level right. for us to do that. I think logistically too, because of how we're positioned, it's sort of hard. So yeah. um we already got the ports and shit. Like it's too much going on. Yeah, it's it, you know, we already have traffic issues. Look at the drama we had to go through. I mean it worked, but for something in the water, yeah. We couldn't do that on a regular basis. We nah, can't sustain that. We can't sustain that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the all all sort of like the ancillary, you know, like you know, innovation when you when you when you scale the economy, you also scale the stuff that comes along with scaling the economy yeah. too. And, you know, I, I think that's a big concern for people, but I'm all for progress. So 
I, we need a sports team. I mean, maybe not here, maybe bring it to Richmond, <laughs> you know, or, but Virginia needs like a professional sports team. I think I it should say. be more, in, I get why it should, people want it to be coastal because mm-hmm. it'll probably make more money as far as access and things to do. Mm-hmm. But I think if you did it more inland, it wouldn't be an issue. My thing is we already have flooding issues and sandbar issues. Like mm-hmm. even in Richmond, all their waterways and stuff. Mm. So it's like, but if you want to do it, not as far as Danville, but I don't know, Dimwitty, something like that, sure. Mm. Or somewhere like in the middle, but and mm. those places probably use it more than we could. Right. We got the military and to- and cruise ships and everything else, but right. that's true. Middle of Virginia could definitely the sports team. People will travel for that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um way but, off center for us right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to some degree, you know. It ties in. It ties yeah. in. You know, that's essentially on a lo- smaller scale what they were we doing. We made Sicily important, damn. Yeah, because the show didn't. Yeah, because I mean, but that's what they try to show us pieces of it. You know, paying the restaurant tour. You know, the thing with the the, you when they blew up the car, they fucked up the guy's property. It was like no big deal. We'll pay for it. You know, like Costa Nostra. Yeah, that sort of thing. What did you think about uh, the casting of Apollonia? That was not fucking Apollonia. It wasn't. And again, another Easter egg Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, exactly. Yeah. And that was not Apollonia. Apollonia was tall. She was not, that lady wasn't big, but Apollonia was slender. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Apollonia. Mm, it wasn't. That they Really, they didn't even have to show us them casting Apollonia for you real. Didn't. No one, she was alive for, we knew who she was for all the 10 minutes. Yeah. Apollonia is not important. To, I mean, it's important to Michael's story. Right. Because that's when he like kind of broke, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And like nothing became important at that point. Mm-hmm. But we didn't need to see her. Yeah. We could have heard her in the car. Before they blew it up, and that would have been enough. And we, that would have been enough, yeah. right? Uh, however, what I will say is, I I can imagine, you know, Simonetta, the, you know, I guess the the actual, I think she was like a a model, mm. an Italian model that ended up being, you know, uh, but anyway, I would imagine that her getting acknowledgement in this series may be a big thing, you yeah. know, maybe for like her family lineage or something like that, uh, you know. And maybe it was important to show Betty's eye. Because at the end, like, we know what actually happened with the real person. She um, talked about wanting to be an agent. Yes. So maybe it was important for us to see that she casted these people and it was important and she had a good eye. That's, that's so maybe a, that was it. That's actually a very good point. I didn't even yeah. think about that. I, I'm going to roll with that. Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot better. Because, uh, yeah, I'm glad they did show us that, you yeah. know, Betty, you know, so we know what Betty's doing next. And like you said, because we researched, we knew it. Yeah. That's good for Betty, man. She's, yeah. I think, you know, she cared. You know, she we can see with her time with Ruddy that she cares about, she cares about when she cares about a thing, she cares about that thing. Yep. And, and I think, you know, actors, they need that, they need that representation. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who's going to fight for them. Peter. Um, Peter who? Peter was the guy who was working with Lapidus and who was trying oh, to yeah, tell him like, yeah. bro, you're fucking up. You gotta. Yeah. Peter Bart Bartlett or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, uh, he was a good dude. Yeah. He, he was, and he was that. He was like, yo, the creatives need you. They don't need you to help them create. Right. Like, and I think, I know that we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I think that's a lot of times people in business who desire to help creative people make money because I don't believe it's always predatory. I believe that sometimes people in business are like, I know the business side of it. Right. But we're not selling business. Mm-mm. We're selling art. Mm-hmm. I need you to, like um, Peter said, mm-hmm. your job is to support them and help guide marketing and things like that right they have the rest right 
And just, I think it's really hard for business minded people to understand that sometimes. It is. Because yes, creative people do need a Lupita's brain. Because mm-hmm. I tell everybody who listens, an artist who is doing their own business without management, mm-hmm. who it's usually going to be a time yeah. try to get with them because their brains don't work like that or Not they wouldn't all. be as good as at what they're good at. Mm-hmm. But they need someone who leans more like Peter to say, I trust you. Mm-hmm. You got this, but let's consider this too. Right. Let me handle this conversation. You go over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has to be collaborative. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody, everybody is invested in this. Yeah. Um, and that's something that you know I've had to learn in my career. You know, so I, I get it. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I like the way Peter, the Peter expressed it. You to know, everybody. Yeah. yeah. And that's a thankless job. Like that's that's not something that like um. Had they never showed us here, some people may have never known it happened, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's one of those thankless jobs where you'll go to war for someone and that war will never be made publicly known, yeah. you know, that you help sway a decision. Yeah. But, you know, those people are, they deserve their flowers, man. He saved the movie single-handedly. Yeah. That one conversation. Yeah. Single-handedly saved this movie. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yep. If Especially if it was portrayed the way it was here. Mm-hmm. What'd you think about the, the 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 marketing meeting with the posters and Does that really happen? I would imagine, yeah. I mean that's marketing a film is a huge deal, man. It's a huge portion of it. And, you know, figuring out what the artwork for the poster is gonna be. I don't know how much I don't know how important it is now because it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like um there's a lot of individuality in movie posters anymore. I miss when it was. I miss a good Tarantino movie poster. Okay. He's a douche, but I miss a good, like when it was like, whoa, what's that? Right? Like yeah. when you wanted to walk through the theater, part of the fun was looking at the posters for the new movies. Right. You pose your kid in front of the new Disney movie and take a picture. Like, yeah. Um, They're very formulaic now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I just always assumed that someone involved in the movie did that, be it director of photography. Like I always assumed it was a still from the movie or a photo shoot from the movie or part of that. I didn't know it was a, I guess it makes sense, right? It's marketing, but mm-hmm. it never crossed my mind that it was a completely separate thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Very outside much. of the people involved in the movie, like that never crossed my mind. Very much. You know, I think it's case by case. You mm-hmm. know, if, if you're, if you're a boutique style production company, maybe your creators are a little bit more, involved in it mm-hmm. but you know a big machine like paramount you know it's stuff it's a has department. to run parallel so you don't have time yeah, yeah it's a department um but i'm so glad we got the poster we got and not the ones that they were trying to give us the flying v <laughs> take the you know that shit that shit you know what's funny you know what movie poster that actually looks like the, the something with dan Aykroyd. possibly but i'm um it, it the the first one of the posters, the the take the cannoli poster that they were trying to with the V, <laughs> it looks very much like um the Superfly poster. Yes, it does. Yeah. With white people on it. It absolutely does. Yeah, it's a, it's the And I hate that poster too. Yeah. But that's what the a lot of those were given, like black exploitation mm-hmm. sort of like vibes, you know. That one with the horse head and the car and the cat. Wild. I I hope that stuff was embellished. It probably wasn't. <sighs> God. Yeah, it probably wasn't. I mean, maybe it was to some degree, but it probably wasn't. Because they were right. The 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 book. Just use the book. Just use the book Just cover. Just use the book. Man. Like, it's recognizable. Yeah. People know what it is. 
you get tilt, you kill two birds at one stone. They want to read the book, they want to read the movie. Right. They're gonna say the book is too long. I'll go watch the movie because right. people do that all the time. They recognize like, oh, this movie is based off this book. Yeah. Not reading the book, I'll just watch the movie instead. Exactly. Like, every every fucking Stephen King movie. I've never read a single Stephen King book. Yeah. I can tell you about a lot of them because I watched the movie. Them shit, you know what Stephen King books are good for? Driving me to go see a movie? Uh, that part and beating niggas over the head with it because they so thick. <laughs> yeah, paperback too. Yeah. Like yeah. these 7,000 pages. A million pages. I'm like, yo, how and much In 10-point you... font too. <sighs> crazy, fam. He had a lot to say. Too much to say. He like They need to shut that nigga up. He, he needed a pill because he was crazy too. Yeah. People who write horror, I'd be concerned about them. Oh, for sure. Because how you... How oh, you think sure. of this? Well, because you thought it really well. Like you confused me in reading it, which means you could have done this and I would have missed it. Right. What have you? And this is what you chose to write. This has been edited. Yeah. So what could you actually do? Nah, somebody put their eyes on him at all times. At all times. Mm-mm. Especially when you think of a, a story like The Shining. You You're like, come on, man. It sounds like you was writing about yourself. Rosemary's Baby. It, oh, he wrote Rosemary's Baby. Didn't he? I'm not sure. Whoever wrote it. Right. Did you watch May? No, I have not got, but I, I put it on my queue to, like, I watched the trailer. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, interesting. I saw I had Jeremy Sisto in it. Um, He's from, I, the, I think the first time I remember seeing him was in Clueless. Mm-hmm. He was in Clueless. And I was like, okay, Jeremy Sisto. He yeah. was popping in the 90s. Just be yeah. certain movies, like like The Bone Collector. Who wrote that? Why you, are they in prison? stay bringing up The Bone Collector. I like, mean it this time, though. Top, like, it's a top no, no, 100 I'm, movie. It's a, it's just a sick story. Okay, okay. It's just a sick... That's why it sticks with me. Okay. Not because it was a good movie. I was about to say. It's just... A, it's a really poorly acted, poorly written. It's not... But it's just a sick story. Yeah. Like, uh, Hannibal Lecter not named the movie. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. There you go. Yeah. Who wrote that? I that know it's based book. off true events, but... Well, it was a book. Who wrote... Somebody wrote that down. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a fact. And had a vision for it. You that's see what a, I'm saying? That's Arrest a them preemptively. yeah. <laughs> so you want a minority report them niggas? Yes. Like for for what they think? No, of what you're capable of. Okay. You can't cut some stuff. You can't fix. Yeah, that's true. Mm-mm. That's true. Some stuff is very concerning. If you thought of that, that's very concerning. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Unchecked. Yeah, I be thinking of shit. How you feel about me? Six. Don't don't tell me. Just, <laughs> I like doing this podcast. I want to continue be, to do it. It'll be nothing crazy. It definitely don't be like no Stephen King level for sure. So or no. says you, and we're not going to find out. We're yeah. not going to discuss it. Maybe maybe I'll write under the alias if I ever write something too crazy. Jesus. Based and on now this you're Mark Twain. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus God. What, what would my alias name be if I did if I were to write something very like sadistic? I need a, I need an alias name. Which we haven't even done our alias names like the past like three episodes, but what else? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, somebody think of a good alias name for me to write sadistic shit know. under, so I don't get judged by six. I'm gonna judge you. I'm gonna know it's you. <laughs> All right. So Apollonia's father at the restaurant was an Easter egg. The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, um, Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, one that I meant to bring up, maybe last episode, the episode before. Uh, they keep showing us, uh, uh, you know how much how how much of a student of wine Francis Ford Coppola is. Yes, because you know obviously he has his own you know he has his own line of he has his own vineyard. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Coppola, I didn't know that. Coppola has his own line of wine. I didn't know that. And it's a huge deal. Yeah, I think that's why he's, how he's able to really just retire mm-hmm. is he makes so much money off the wine side. But yeah, that like you, Clemenza. It wasn't Clemenza who loved wine. Was it? 
Um, One of them big swarthy niggas loved wine. Loved wine, right, right. But yeah, no, you can buy uh, Coppola's wine shit. I mean, in any supermarket. It sounds familiar now that you say it, Coppola wines. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen that. I, I'm trying to think. Is it, yeah, I think it is like something Coppola. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It you can, feels familiar. Yeah. Yeah, you can for sure buy his wine. Um. So yeah, so that it, they keep dropping those seeds that like yo, he's very much into wine, and you know maybe this is where it really started, you know, picking up for him. Yeah. Um. You know, because for that to be such a big brand, you know, when it comes to that sort of retail stuff and food and beverage, man, you you know you have to be in order to be like in all supermarkets, you have to have great infrastructure, and that takes, you know, that might take decades to build, you know. So Coppola Diamond Wines. Mm, That's what it's called. Yeah, yep. he's got his own vineyard. Yep. Um. All right. So. All right. I mean, not that we needed a reminder, but you know, Ruddy is a true is a real nigga. Period. Constantly going to bat for you know Bob and in, in the wake of Bloodhorn trying to fire him. Yep. Which makes sense. I mean, you know, Bob is unraveling. I did a little bit of research on Bob Evans, mm-hmm. and for anybody who is curious to know. Bob Evans from Paramount has nothing to do with the Bob Evans restaurant. Oh my God. I didn't <laughs> think that it did. I had I had to look that up. I was like, I wonder. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if that's if that people be diversifying their portfolios, child. You never know. You never know. And that, and Bob Evans was a big name. Francis Coppola got one. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but Bob Evans restaurant has nothing to do with Bob Evans from Paramount. Okay. Um but you know, as you can see, he's unraveling from on a on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um and it's starting to get in the way of the business. Yeah. And Bloodhorn ain't really with that shit. Um, it was nice to see Bloodhorn's emotions towards him. Yeah. He was like, no. And it felt like a parallel when he was describing how he took a chance on him and no one believed in him. Because that's what happened with Reddy and, and Bob. Yeah. But it's probably why Reddy was going to bat so much for Bob Evans. Right. He took that same chance. Right. And it was nice to see Bloodhorn like, dude, I don't want to do this. But at I, the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I have to make money. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, that's you call it. That's a good. That's a good parallel. Um, it's funny, man. Bloodhorn basically said, "Man, he had a spark when he started, but now he's just garbage." He basically quoted Hove. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about Bob Evans saying, "You know, he had a spark with that charisma, but he feels like it's gone." Yeah, but, but clearly it's not gone. I mean, he just needed a you know a little kick in the ass, he needed a little and, loving. You know, yeah, I mean, he you know he lost his wife. Yeah, and you know to a competitor for being honest like yeah to someone in his same field of work so what's crazy i didn't know bob evans was an actor he was a, an actor that failed, failed actor yeah. turned studio executive mm-hmm. you know kind of like ronald reagan failed actor turned fucking <laughs> executive turn, of america no, turned good actor uh, oh yeah turn turn amazing actor <laughs> yeah, <what you> mean. <laughs> yeah so um yeah bob evans started as an actor and and worked his way into uh as a studio head. And I also went and did a little bit more, more research on Bob Evans. I didn't realize Chinatown was the first movie he produced. Hmm. That's the first movie he came out off the porch with. Chinatown was so financially successful. So basically the story goes that he convinced Bloodhorn to let him produce Chinatown. Because mm-hmm. Lupita's almost got it out of here. Right. He really tried. Now... Chinatown was so critically successful and financially successful that it ruined his career as a studio executive. 
because producers started feeling like he would siphon and sandbag the good projects and keep them for himself really? to produce. Right. So he stepped down as a studio head mm-hmm. after after producing uh, Chinatown, and he, you know he he bought in he bought in his successor, which is I wrote it down. What's the successor's name? Uh, he bought in a, a a gentleman by the name of Richard Silbert as a successor, and Richard Silbert was his production designer on Chinatown. Okay. So he bought him in to be a studio head, and then ultimately it didn't work out with Silbert either. He ended up going back to being a production designer. Did but, Bob continue to produce? Yeah, he produced okay. a few more films after that, like okay. Marathon Man and Urban Cowboy. You know, a couple of other classics. He had a good eye. Yeah, yeah, he um, did. Lupitas was right. He had really good instincts. Mm-hmm. He was a piece of shit. Yeah. But he had great instincts. Great instincts. Yeah. And, and you can tell when he when he came back in the fold and he came to that marketing, and he came to the, those meetings. I mean, Turned it right he, on. It was, it was right on. Everything he said was on point. Down to the stats of, you know, the... He found language for what they were trying to express creatively. Exactly. And that's important. That's what I mean when creatives need those kind of people. Yeah. Like, I know this part of it, but I know how to translate it for you mm-hmm. to make it important to people who don't care about what you're doing. Exactly. So. Yeah. No, he he did that. You you need a Bob Evans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, somebody who's that connected to the end user, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and knows how to sit. You know, I mean, every time we see him in his house, he, I mean, he's got a fucking home theater. Yeah. You know, I think I think the movie he was sitting watching when Ruddy popped in, I, th- I think that was The Odd Couple with uh, yep. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. Yep. Um, you know, another Paramount produced uh, property. But this guy is, he loves film, mm-hmm. you know, so he's able to watch it from the consumer side and then he's in a privileged position to be able to control the the experience. Yeah. And like he you said, know? that's what we want to give them. And it's not a transaction. It's yeah. an experience. It's an experience. So I feel like he might have been early on. The, the way they're almost painting it, it's it, it's looking like Paramount might have changed movies forever. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. Like looking at their string of like the little, you know, this time period from like the late 60s to like the mid 70s. And the in the properties they were putting out, mm-hmm. I think it really. I, I feel like it really changed the movie industry. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, um, fucking. Um, what was I? What was I about to say? Uh, oh man, it was something right on the tip of my tongue about the. Uh, oh, all right, Lapidus's Lapinus <laughs> Lapinus's reason. <laughs> For wanting to cut down the Godfather time, yeah, it made a lot of sense. It does, it it does. But yeah. as a con, and maybe it's the result of that. But as a consumer, mm-hmm. I don't care if the movies. We beg Marvel for four hour movies on a regular basis. Don't cut shit. Right. Give it all to me. Right. I'll bring snacks. I'll bring snacks. I'll put a catheter in. Right. I'm not missing a drop of it. But maybe that's as a result of this. Right. But he was right. He was right. He was right. But however, though, so shout out to my boy Chandler Nunnally. Um, Chandler, uh, you know, he was a, a regular staple on the kind of movie critics for a while. Mm-hmm. And he also had another podcast called uh, Act 3 Podcast where he mm-hmm. talked about movies with his co-host. He was infamous for saying he was a fan of the tight 90 films, the tight 90 minute, mm-hmm. one hour, 30 minute films 
He does. He's not a fan of anything over that. Like really? In the two-hour category, he doesn't want it. Is it an attention span, or he just feels like it's too much story after I, that? I think he just feels like it's too much exposition at mm. that point. You know, like it, it, it's more of a craft to get it right in ninety minutes. It's you know, it's more. If you do it, it's it's way more efficient. I guess he felt like that was the sweet spot. Okay. So I would imagine that there's a lot of people that feel the same way that he feels. Yeah. But I'm with you. Like if, you know, I went to see Dune in the theaters, you know what I'm saying? I watched Christopher Nolan movies in theaters. Listen, if it's good. Them shits don't be under two hours. If I'm engaged and I want to keep watching, I think that's a talent. You can keep, I watch The Godfather every time with just like anticipation, like I've never seen it. All three hours. Yep. Like. It's an experience. Yeah. He's right. And and the thing about it is once I watch the first one, I got to watch two and three. You You understand? For me, you know. So, so, but it's just interesting because what Lapidus was saying was absolutely real. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, I mean, with one episode left, I would imagine that they have to, they have to show us what the financial success of this film yeah. was. And, yeah. and, and they probably had it to turn well. some tricks yeah. to make it happen. Um, and whatever they did probably changed the film industry mm-hmm. forever, you know. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was it. Because there, there, there are certain times... And to what you you know to your credit, what you've been saying is that like you kind of do need a Lapidus, mm-hmm. you know, just a little bit, a little bit more informal Lapidus. But he needs know? to be out the way. Yes, he should never be talking. Like when he joined Peter's meeting, he was like, he just stifled the air. What are you bro. doing here, dog? Like, yeah. This is not. He go back up in the office. Yeah. Like you, we bring you stuff, you react to it, mm. and then people like Bob Evans trickle it back down because yeah. Bob Evans told him. We're taking a risk. Mm-hmm. You sure? Because if we fail, we fail. But because he said the same thing, he was like, "He's right. We are running a blessed time. We can't get it out by Christmas. Right. It's gonna be a nightmare. Are you sure we're gonna do this?" Exactly. So it was the same information, just presented with an opportunity to say yes. Right. Right. You you don't ever want to say no. Right. It's always you have to either say yes or present opportunities to say yes. So, I think I think that. That contrast was really good, and I I would hope that Lapidus got to stay in his own capacity mm-hmm. because he does have a good business mind, and and I hope yeah. I would hope that for Paramount's sake, I imagine it did work that him and Bob found their dance, their coming around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like it. So so were you on board with were you on board with this episode transitioning Lapidus from being the ultimate fucking bad guy in the movie studio to like? To now coming around to being an ally. Were you on board with that? No, I don't think he's an ally. I think sometimes you just lose. Some things are just true. Like he said, he's mm-hmm. still a jerk. You're right. He's still an asshole. But his instincts are hard are hard to deny. Okay. And his instincts make us money. Got it. And that's what Lupitas cares about. Mm-hmm. Some things are just true. I don't think that his personality changed after this. I don't think he was nicer to any creators probably. I could be wrong, but right. I just find it hard to believe. Right. But I think he just realized... A lot of people, especially people who aren't creative, mm-hmm. think that they can do what creative people do because they make it look easy. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's just, you know, pointing a camera and recording something. Yeah. I, a monkey could do that. Yeah. Go do it, monkey. Yeah. Right? And then you do it. And it's like, well, this doesn't feel like that. Of course it don't. Yeah. That's not what you should be doing. Go punch a number. Yep. And sometimes some people got to get embarrassed to realize, oh, this it is why I do that. Yep. This is why you do this. Yep. I'm going to go back and do that because I do that really well. Mm-hmm. It'll allow you to do this really well. And then we'll have a really good outcome because we're both doing what we should be doing. Yeah. I think maybe that was his realization that, okay, I'm not a producer. Okay. I think he wanted the glory. 
And I don't, you know, people, everyone goes through that. Right. I want some more shine. I, I want to be known. I see all the stuff he's getting and he's, he's a, he's a halfwit who's not good at money and who's a jerk and nobody likes him. Why does everybody praise him? And, and I'm working really hard and providing results and I have data mm-hmm. and it's like, then go give me the data. Get out of here. Know your role. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know you're absolutely right. You you just said a mouthful in in a really in a really real way because that is the fight, you know. Um, people that feel when you make things look too easy, you know, people that that you know try to replicate the process and then they find out soon that they're missing the magic that you got. Right. You know, it's not the camera; it's me. Uh, <laughs> like, human resources is always going to be a thing, man. You know, I know like this economy and where we're at and just in the world, we're trying so hard to get machines to do everything, mm-hmm. but machines cannot, you know, we, they learned that when they started producing music, right? When they started like when music became electronic, man, you lose the swing Yep. when it becomes too much process, yep. you know, when it's too, when it's too electronic, it loses the thing that makes music, music magical. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and now you see it, you know, there's a, there's a, there is an appetite for live music. Yeah. You know, a huge appetite for live music. That's why these fucking tiny desk concerts do so well, man. I love tiny desks. Amazing. It's oh my, my bucket list to go to one. Dog, listen. I want to be invited to one so bad. The Anderson Pack fucking uh, <sighs> Sway, yo, the, his version of Sway live on that tiny Dog. desk. There's two. There's two tiny desks to me that are just like yo. I'd I'd almost prefer to hear the tiny desk version than the real versions. Even yeah, but then who else? Version. Suede and fucking Sir, you can't save me from myself. Sir is like Sir to me got like the best pen in R and B right now. Yeah. To me, mm-hmm. to me, because I really understand like. You relate to it, yeah. Yeah, I really understand where he's coming from his perspective. Um. But yeah, you can't save me for myself. His tiny desk version is so fucking awesome, bro. Have you seen Yeva's tiny tiny desk? I haven't. Have you heard her album? Uh huh. Oh no 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 no! I haven't heard. I heard Yeva, but I haven't heard her album. So there's a song on her album called Distance, and okay. it's just a beautiful but honest, painful love song. Okay. About you know, I miss when we weren't this close because it was better, mm. basically. But there are these. Her vocals are stacked in a certain way, and. And it's it's a really well, what's it called? A uh, put together, organized, what's that called? Arranged. Arranged song. Uh-huh. Really well arranged. When she sings it on Tiny Desk, mm. she arranges it live. Ooh. So you he and it's not like she's recording, pausing. She is doing a round live. Right. Like it's, she, she's like building the song. Yes. Uh, it's ins- with her voice though. Right. And she's not stopping and pl- and recording it and pressing play and singing over it. Right. You are listening to her sing a round. Oh, I gotta see this. It's amazing, and I the song on the album is beautiful. Right. But hearing it juxtaposed to that, I don't want to hear the album one. I want to hear this one. Right. Yes. Oh, I gotta check that. It's out. distance and stand the rain. Okay. Those two. Stand the rings. What I mean about the arrangement. I'm sorry. Okay. But they both stand. Yes. Can't. Yes. Mm. It's just. I cry listening to her sing it on Tiny Desk, mm. and it's not a sad song. Right. It's not. But I cry listening to it because like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. Yeah. That and distance. I prefer to hear that her sing it there than on the album, and the album sounds immaculate too. Mm. You have to watch it. You have to. Man, I gotta check that out. Thank you for putting yeah. me on. I'm I'm, I'm definitely gonna check that out. You got, you got, 
you have quite a list compiling for things that I need to like educate myself on. You're not the only person with recommendations. Okay. I don't watch TV a lot, believe it or not. Right. But some stuff, but I do know. I do know. You do know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's dope, man. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, human resource is always going to be necessary as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, Lapidus, it sounds like, uh, you know, he had an eye opening. Sitting in the man's seat, you Took know, his looking ass at back the, to his corner. Yeah, <laughs> looking at the wall, looking at the reverence that these actors have for him. Yeah, you know that's you know that's a skill set, man. That's a soft skill that being a dick just <laughs> he, he just can't get it. You know, my dad is at work, especially an interesting man. Okay, is what we'll call it. My dad's nickname at work is the Mighty Crocodile. He makes people call him that, the Crocodile. They call him Croc. Okay. Because he will snap off on you and bite you. I have listened to him cuss out the CEO of a company he used to work for. He owns his own now. Right. But, and he can do that, though, because he is the best. Right. So when you are damn good, uh-huh. you are afforded certain privileges uh-huh. of being kind of shitty. Like, I'm not. sometimes at work, I'm a little sassier than I probably need to be. Right. But there's no one who can do my job better than me. Mm. So what are you going to do? I don't take advantage of it. Yeah, of course. But also... If I got something to say, I know I can say it because you're not going to fire me. (laughs) Like, yeah, sometimes you just know. Yeah. You got to be that nigga to do that, though. You do. You have to be that nigga to do that. But Bob Evans, for all intents and purposes. He's that nigga. Yeah. Yeah. In this particular 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 realm. Yeah. 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 He's that that dude, man. Um, Yeah. His analytics, man. I, I... off the top of his head, just student. Man, that's somebody who is a a student Mm -hmm. of his craft. You know. And to be able to tie that in like that, to pull it right off and know, oh, this applies to this. Mm-hmm. That's a skill in and of itself. See, and I wonder how they, you know, how they were acquiring that type of data back then in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Like for him to know that like the people don't respond to the, what was the V called? The people don't respond the flying to the, v. the flying V. Yeah. Oh, no, the flying V. The people don't respond to the flying yeah. V. Yeah, that's you lots know, of spreadsheets. That that had to be bare data. That's what I'm saying. Like, Raw data. Where, yeah. did, where did he acquire that knowledge from, you know? People. If producers, and the more I see it, the producers are like project managers. Mm-hmm. There's certain raw data I love reading like that for that reason. Yeah. Just to be able to connect the two. Yeah. Like, oh, this does that. Oh, this responds to this, so I can avoid this by doing this. Yeah. It's the puzzle that keeps that makes me like my work. Yeah. It's finding, oh, this goes into this. Oh, this is the corner piece. Right. Oh, this is what makes the rest like that really is the fun part. And I, I do see that was a perfect way to explain it. And I've been able to explain what I do to people mm-hmm. by saying, you know what a producer does on a film? They're like, yeah. I'm like, that's what I do. That's what I do. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but dope. yeah, it, it's parts like that that make the job fun. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's am- I'm going to tell you who has. So, YouTube gives you some amazing analytics, bro. Yeah. Like if you're ever trying to really understand what you're doing on a video side of things or like or a multimedia side of things, YouTube gives the most comprehensive fucking analytics, man. Really? Oh, man. I mean, uh, yeah, man. Uh, retention, um, where somebody where somebody found your video from. You know, they, they could t- like if somebody, if, if you have a video and like say somebody Google searched, you know, six riding a horse and you had a video of six riding a horse on youtube so that helps your seos wow oh a thousand percent they tell you exactly down to the like the most granular molecule where this particular where your particular hits are coming from i wonder how they can afford to do that uh because 
Google is a fucking behemoth. I did not. I should have assumed that YouTube is owned by Google. Yeah. But I didn't know that. Because Google's a fucking okay, behemoth. Okay, then yeah, that's why they can do that. Because Google, Google has all the data anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Google could rebuild you better than you exist. Fam. And some <laughs> stuff you just got to bow down to. Like, that's why I got to pick your battles. I'm like, sometimes yeah. it's what it is. Yeah. Google, like you just said, could make me from scratch. Yeah. And I wouldn't know if it was me or not. You wouldn't. So it'd be fucking crazy. I just started accepting cookies. I don't care no more. If any information you want, you gonna get anyway. I know. I can say no, but what does that mean? Dog, do you? I know we're going on tangent, but fuck it, we're here. The episode. There's nothing else to talk about. It's a lot of filler. It yeah, was mostly yeah. filler. They went like there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, that, I think you're kind of right about. Oh, that but too. I will say it was really cool the way he worked out making sure the mafia could see the movie. Oh my Without God. making them feel special, he made them feel special. Made it an event. Went in the back alley because he's getting smart, apparently. Right. And that way, everybody wins because he knew he could not try Bloodhorn no more. Oh, man, listen. Ruddy, if all of this really happened, Fucking Ruddy genius. is the illest nigga alive. Bro. Listen. He's the best to ever do it. Because that was a brilliant. Because he can't disappoint them. Because it became important to him. You could see that the way he dealt with Columbo. Yeah. But also, no, you can't bring 50 members of the mafia Man. to this. Like, we already kind of in. Come on, Slim. No. You can't do that. But you know what I can do? Yes. Run out of theater. Yep. I can steal the movie. On a private plane. <laughs> on a private plane. Because my producer <laughs> owes me one because I saved his ass. Right. And I can let you watch it as a family. Make it, you feel special. Put a sign out just for you. Right. Like, yeah. And, and you'll never know... What it took for me to get get this, make this happen, You'll and it never doesn't know. matter because this is what I told you I give you. Duh, Ruddy held true to every promise that he made to the mafia. Yep, you know, and and it, again, if this happened this way, and Joe Colombo didn't never got a chance to see The Godfather, makes me sad. Very because yeah. he was so. It sounds like he was just very integral. He fought for it just to, as much. It seems right, you know. So I, I'm so I'm glad, you know. Even though, listen, let's be clear. Columbo probably didn't like niggas, okay? <laughs> like, Period. Neither does Ruddy. Yeah, right. Bob Evans, none of them. The, don't like black folks. But, yeah. So, but it's okay. We can still give them their, even though we don't exist to them, we can still acknowledge as part did. of us being great. We can yeah. acknowledge greatness. You know what I mean? Um, and, and yeah, man, if these things happen the way that they happen, man, these guys, these people, not just the men, you know, the women, these people really... They really did something, man. Special. They really did something special, mm-hmm. man. You know, and, and and I'm glad that they're giving us all the nuance to be able to celebrate how special what they did really was. Yeah. You know, I, I would have much much rather preferred to see The Godfather in that theater with with La Cosa Nostra. Absolutely. That had to be so fun. <laughs> man. That had to be so fun. And they, man. and again, the mafia hate niggas. Yeah. But I can't imagine. It must have felt really good to see their story being told with such care. Yes. Instead of them being villainized or or made to be these horrible, evil people. Right. It was just, this is what happens around here, but we love each other. Yeah. And this is what happens is why it was told with so much care. And they got to see that yeah. and experience that. So it had to be a really affirming feeling. Yeah. I, I like the way you put that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know what else I found myself saying? Where the fuck is Mario Puzo? Where the f- Well, like you also said, he's not... We haven't seen the premiere yet, and like you said, they keep authors away mm-hmm. from a from a movie set when they're doing it. Yeah, very would, much. Like, look what France is doing. Imagine him and Mario. I know. Ready couldn't manage that. Nah, but at least you know where I'm the sure phone he'll come calls. Back where, I hope so. For like, the premiere, where are the phone calls to like 
you know, to between, you know, Coppola and him, like, hey, buddy, we're going to Sicily. We're doing it. It might have been unimportant to the show. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I guess you do have to pick and choose what you show. And Puzo had a couple more books to write. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, he, I mean, shit, he probably had the space to take a little vacation. You know, eat all the cannolis think, he wanted. No, nah, his wife ran a tight ship. <laughs> Erica. Yeah, Erica ran a tight ship. I don't, I don't know. She had him on a treadmill somewhere after all that cannoli. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that and carrying on. We were about to go somewhere. We were, and it was going to be exciting. It was about to be exciting. But we had to finish talking about the... We did. Do you remember where we were going? Tiny Desk movies. um, Producers really loving the puzzle pieces of it. AI with Google. Google, YouTube analytics. Google can build you from scratch. I accept all the cookies now. Oh, I know exactly. Thank you for doing that because yes. I know exactly where I was going. Have you seen that damn Michael Che on HBO Max? No, but you are the third person to tell me to watch that show. Dog, that shit is, you will love it, Six. Yeah? You will love it. Be, well, is be, it anxiety ridden? Is it, is it like a bunch of carrying on? Or is it just like comfy no, and funny? it's just funny. Okay. It's fun. What it is is he does something, He he takes sketch comedy to another level. Because what it is is like, um, all right, you know, we got, you had a living color, you know, I mean, we've had sketch comedy shows. And then even now, more recently, you know, we've had the Dave Chappelle show, Chappelle show. which is good. Chappelle and then, show. you know, even to today, like the the sketch comedy show, I think that's probably, you know, the we one that's the most- sketch comedy still? A black lady sketch comedy show, the Robin Thede yes. show, mm-hmm. um, which it, it has its moments for me. It's not, you know, it's not my favorite. We but, grew up watching Living Color. It's Ain't hard. nothing like That's men on film. Shoes to fill. Yeah. There's big shoes to Bel- fill. All that came close on Nickelodeon, believe it or not. It was very good. It came what? All that was good. Oh, all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that. I, I thought you were saying, like, I thought you were saying that all that in Living Color no. ended up on Nickelodeon. Yeah, no. no, all that was the shit. That's yeah. how we got Keenan and Kel. Everybody out there, um, go run and tell. Sorry. Yeah. And then, Damn. so, so I, I appreciate a black lady sketch comedy show. Mm-hmm. But uh, that damn Michael Che. What it does is that usually sketch comedy shows is just like a variety of sketches that don't really. They're their own individual shows. Right. Yeah. What that damn Michael Che does is that every episode has a theme, has a specific theme. And it plays out like a like a one camera like drama or like a one camera comedy drama sort of situation. But every episode has mad sketches in it. Mm -hmm. But all the sketches they all work with each other towards this one central theme. It's vi- like the way he does it is very fly and you don't really realize that you're watching something different until you sit down and process what you've watched. Okay. You're like, oh, this is a sketch comedy show, but it's a sketch comedy show that feels like almost like Atlanta or almost like, you know, uh, like one of those shows where it's like a continuous Okay. Theme. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 like a storyline. Even though Atlanta is like it's anthology. So what does this an- tie into? Huh? What does this tie into? Or we just like the show and want to talk about it? Oh well, what it, the reason? Well, <laughs> it's kind of that. It's kind of that. Okay. <laughs> but but you said something that uh that triggered a, a a laugh for something he did in one of his episodes where he talked about he addressed like black people being conspiracy theorists. And he was like, it's almost like a badge of honor. Like the more conspiracy like driven you are, like the wilder your conspiracy theories are, it's like it's almost like 
that's like a status symbol in the black community almost. But he had it was this one particular sketch where it started in modern day, and because they were talking about the vaccines, mm-hmm. so he has a whole episode dedicated to vaccine. He was like, uh, somebody said something about. Man, they you know, they're gonna use that shit to put a chip in you. I ain't fucking with that shit. And then it rewinded a little further. And it, that same person was talking about the iPhone. It was like, man, sh- the, it, you track everything I'm doing. I don't need that shit. But he had the iPhone in the previous s- situation. Yeah. So it kept going backwards like that. So it went from the from the iPhone, it went to like the internet. Man, sh- man, they tracking everything you do. You don't want to use that shit. It just went back all the way right. to like the like the like the eighteen hundreds with conspiracy theories. Yeah. But it's funny because that's exactly true. Everything that we're like, the shit that we are talking about, we won't do now. In five years, is is gonna we're gonna be fucking like completely tethered to it. And not even just about being tethered, right? Just also two things. So, mm-hmm. is it a conspiracy if we be right? It's called thing a thing. <laughs> okay. Sometimes niggas is sometimes it's just true, but what you gonna do? Yeah. Right. Um, but also, yeah, some of the stuff is like, nigga, you need it. Like what what you fighting this for? Yeah. And the and I want people to understand the government doesn't care about you. The opposite is happening, and that should be your problem. They don't care about you enough. Like they they don't. Uh... So they're not looking your data, sure, but you specifically, no one's looking for you. They're looking for what you do. Right. But there's no one who's going to say, oh, go get this particular individual and pull them out. I want to turn his... No, no one cares. They just want the data aggregated. And they're going to get it either way. But it's for the same purpose. It's right, the, but no like, one's coming to get you. like Until they need to. But but what are the fucking chances? What are you doing, Arthur, who works I, in fucking accounting? Agree. Like, nobody agree. wants you. Yeah, You're agree. not the Manchurian candidate. You're right. Agree. You understand? No, no. A thousand percent. A you thousand work percent in accounting. Yeah. You live in, a, like, a two-bedroom condo with your wife and your one kid. No one's looking for you. Yeah. You eat pizza every Thursday. Like, nobody cares. Mm. They just want to make sure they know what cards you're using to buy the pizza and where you buy it from. Yeah. And who cares if we know that you're buying Papa John's on your visa with your points? Like, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, no. You got to pick your battles. Man. You got to know what, what you're important to. And you're not the man. You're not Denzel Washington. Yeah. No one's looking for you. But you, You're but not you, Neo. But you do have to be cognizant of it, I think. Because, like, because what happens is in the event that you ever do separate yourself from a certain pack, there's... You're not separating yourself. Well, well in the event that it does happen, right? There's a bunch of aggregated data to help suppress. You know about 12 people who are willing to separate themselves from the pact of society. I want people to stop pretending like they're willing to go off the grid because they don't know what that means. You tell them that. They're like, yeah, I can go off the grid. Oh, so give me your phone and all the internet access. Right. There'll be no Wi-Fi. You simply cannot contact anyone unless it's by mail. And even then, you can't do it by mail. Well, wait, I can't. Right. Shut up. <laughs> Hush. Yeah, off the grid is pretty, is pretty extreme. No electricity. No toilet. Running water. Like, you're not willing to do that. Shut up and get with it. If they want to know something, they're going to know it. Let yeah. it go. See, and I came to that realization a long time ago. Let I mean, go. everything in Behold the Pale Horse came to fruition, period. Like, it, it, we're past that, like, mark of the beast shit. The mark of the beast shit, like, it happened already. People compl- <laughs> like, we're, we're past that. People complain about being tra- I will never forget. I was having a conversation with a person who truly believed that there was a chip inside of this liquid vaccine. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people. That and I had that conversation as she inserted her chip card. <laughs> to purchase yeah. something at Seven Eleven. Yeah, my new shit. Like <laughs> my my new shit was I don't want to argue with anybody that has a social security number. 
I just don't. Period. Yeah, like I'm, I don't want to talk conspiracy Period. with you if you have a social security. You ain't nothing number. but a walking bank account. Yes, they want to know what you're doing. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> it's, yes, we're all indoctrinated into Let it go. Shit. We here. And because you know it exists doesn't make you like less prone to it. it you just, just know it exists. It's just you walking around with a bunch of anxiety now. <laughs> Sometimes ignorance really is nice. That's right. Because like they're like, oh, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I grow my own food in third. But I say that. But as, you got a credit score. Leave me alone. Right. <laughs> I say that as a former, you know, as a former like, like off the chain. No, same. That's know, why to, I know it's dumb. Yeah, that's stupid. I know it's stupid because I remember trying to do it, and it's like. Nigga, I like pooping and flushing the toilet. Yeah. I'm not doing that. But, but there's certain things I don't let go of because just because I'm fucking. Stingy, now you know. Because right? like, now you know. Yeah. Uh, like you know, uh, on my well, I don't have a laptop anymore. When I had a laptop, you know, I had like the little the, the, the thing to take. The, the, now they the, come with the slide over. The they, slide they, over they, thing. They caught yeah. it to us. Like okay, y'all keep taping this shit here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely cover. The I'm the type of nigga that covers over my. The FBI is not turning your camera on, but someone told you it could happen. Well, so it can now happen. it. Could, it can, yeah. but no one's looking for you, Tremaine, who works in film. Right, but but there's but see the thing is is like there's hackers that can do that kind of shit now, right? Like there's hackers that can like tap. Oh, into very your true. Shit. That's fair. That's fair. So that's fair. you know, so the, it's like conceptually it exists that people can fuck with your technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to your point, the chances of it being the government. Are I mean, slim. the government fucking outsources and finds, you know, IT people and shit to put in place to do these sort of things. So the government themselves ain't looking for it, but the niggas who work for the government may fuck with you. It's you just know, they like, contract for the government. You but, just got to tell people, you're, people are, they're really self-important. Yeah. It's like, what do you have besides data yeah. that the government wants? Because you're not that smart. You're not that smart. Your hair is uneven. Yeah. You look, <laughs> you look dusty. Yo, yo, you're so mean, yo. Like, <laughs> the government isn't looking for you, Chad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but but I, here's what I will say. As, some, as a big proponent for Web3, which I am, mm-hmm. Web3.0, you have to take some of that paranoia into Web3.0. Because that's why I'm not going in there. Well, Silk Road is real. You're not gonna have a choice. It's it's gonna happen. It's gonna I, happen. I know. So 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 are coins. I'm not doing it with you. Uh, no, nope. it's gonna no, happen. No, it's no, gonna happen. No, you don't actually no. It doesn't have to. It, it's gonna happen for sure. It's, they're already planning legislation for it. So you already know that. Like it's 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 cheaper for the Federal Reserve to to deal with a digital currency system in the current fiat system. It just makes sense. It's coming. You okay. Know? But I, I say that to say, I mean, whether it's coming or not, fine. If you believe it or not, that's 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 besides the point. If you co- go into Web3, though, you have to take some of that paranoia with you because mm-hmm. it's all about decentralized, you know, doings, right? So, you know, you have to protect your own identity within this particular sphere. And because of that, you have to be very paranoid about like you have to be very vigilant about not opening up emails that come from, you know, anybody that's not a a contact of you. Listen, Silk Road is real. Yeah, I watch all the documentaries and listen to the podcast. Okay, it's, it'll be a cold day in hell, or I will absolutely have to. Yeah. And I feel like even if the government does get into coins and current and cryptocurrency, they're going to centralize it. So a lot of that goes away. They're not going to yeah. allow it to stay decentralized. Yeah, but if you let the government in, they're going to government it. Sure, but the but the nature of it, it's because the legislation that's being 
And a weird, this is a way different territory podcast. I don't right want to do this with you. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, let's get away from that. Yeah, I love you down, but yeah. I know what we can and can't talk about. Yeah. And it's one of them things. It's one of them things. Yep. For anybody who does like Web3, though, there's a great podcast called Keep It Crypto. Yes, there that, is. That, that is really like heavy into I've that. I've seen this with a couple people it. who huh? were into it because people keep want. I don't know if people think that I want to talk about crypto. Because uh-huh. I'm very vocal about, I think this shit is silly. Very vocal about it. It doesn't wow. mean it is. It means yeah. it's how I feel about it specifically. I could end up behind the curve. I don't care. I got cash in my mattress. Right. I don't care. Um, but I have said that a couple people who are always trying to pull my opinion out about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it hasn't changed. I still I still hate NFTs and crypto. It's not mm-hmm. different. But if you want to talk about it, here's somebody who knows. Yeah. Keep it crypto. Go there. We yeah. posted it yesterday. I sent that link out to like six people. Good. Like, Good. y'all leave me alone. Yeah, no, they they keep it crypto is really dope because they, if, especially like if you're into hip hop culture, because they're, they're very like hip hop culture adjacent. That's their whole thing, bringing crypto to the culture. I can't wait till until car titles and house deeds are NFTs. And then I want to come, I want to revisit these conversations. That as an NFT makes sense to me. Yeah, well, that's, see, th- when I talk about hate, let me be specific because yeah. I realized um, there are utilizations yeah. for things like NFTs. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense with the house because you sell it, the person you're selling it, that already happens. Yeah. Let's just digitize it, it's right? Digitized. It's already, yeah. I give you this, I get a kickback because I have it and you get something like, it already happens. Yeah. So for things like that, smart contracts yeah. make perfect they sense make perfect to me. Sense. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. My problem with NFTs are trying to make it out of ERT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically. Yeah. That's stupid. Well, you, It's you know, predatory. It's just where it's at, right? Like, but, Right. But, so but I'm saying in its, it's current gonna, space is right. what I don't like about NFTs. I, I've learned I need to clear that up because yeah. I, I have recognized there are good utilizations for it. A car title, a deed yeah. are good things. Yeah. Um, and that's where it's going to, that's where it's going to mature into. Yeah. That, you know, we got to get past this infant, this infantile stage of it. I'd prefer that because I've lost my car title before and it costs money to get it back. Yeah, but you know it's crazy that if it turns into an NFT and you lose your keys and things like that. But again, there's nobody that can recover for it. Right, but that's a bit harder to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can store that in a way where you don't lose it. Right. But I lost my title because it got damaged. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't my my phone breaks in the store, they get a new phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um it it feels easier to keep safe. I know it's probably. I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, For, uh, Barring yeah. Barring anything dramatic happens, because no one wants my Chevy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, 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 you right. know, nobody wants my condo. Right. So for me, it's just easier. Like, oh yeah, this lives in this file that I keep locked on my personal computer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think in order for us to sort of maintain, you know, humanity, there's going to have to be this process of, and it's happening. You know, like humanity's de- not going to be maintained. Decluttering. Huh? We got 115 years, maybe. What is humanity here. and humans? We're going to self destruct. Uh, maybe we'll maybe be dead not. anyway. I don't care how y'all do it, but just know. Right, right. There's a time capsule with this podcast in it. I called it. <laughs> you called it. Yeah, just it. You might be onto something. Um, I'll be dead. I don't care. Okay. Okay. So will you? Um, who was the just kind of curving back to the offer? Thanks. Who was the actor that was walking out of the um? At the office when they were like, oh, that's the guy from the cigarette ads. Was it Rob? I don't know who it was. Well, part of me was thinking that it might have been James Dean, but I think James Dean might have already passed. I think James Dean died in the 60s. Yeah, he wasn't James Dean. So I was like, I think I think that actor was supposed to be Tom Selleck. Let's see. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but I think the actor was supposed to be Tom Selleck. I feel like it might have been. but Was I, he I in cigarette be. ads? I think he was. And, and, you know, I think so. 
I think so. I can't I can't confirm nor deny nor did I research this, but I just I feel like that might have been Tom Selleck. You know, and obviously they weren't they didn't mention him for specific reasons. I don't know if it's likeness issues or mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. So it's like they just kind of made allusions to him. But my first guess was like, oh, was that James Dean? But I think James Dean I feel like James Dean might have died in the sixties, like in the late sixties. Let's look um, up James Dean. So that couldn't have worked, but it's not saying anything on the internet, but also it's a brand new episode, so maybe no one's talked about it or caught it. Right. Um but yeah, he was in cigarette ads, so maybe. Who, Tom Selleck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think it was supposed to be. And that's just my bet. That's just my guess. James Dean died in 1955. So yes. Oh, he died in the 50s? Date of death, September 30th, 1955. Jeez. was not him. Yeah, definitely wasn't Jimmy Dean then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, my money's on Tom Selleck, but uh, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I think by the grace of, by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> we dragged it. Uh, yeah. You don't even know what that's from, do you? By the power of Grayskull? No. Duh, that's from He-Man. See? I keep forgetting you were born in the late part of the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, that's from uh, He-Man. But somehow I think we covered everything from this episode that was worth it. Oh, no, we didn't talk about, uh, I mean, not that it was a big deal, but the we talked about it a little bit but didn't get into it. When, when Lapidus walked into that meeting with the author, that was for the author that wrote a book called Addie Prey. Yeah. Which is the the book that they made into a movie called Paper Moon. Yes. It's on the list um, now. Okay, it's yeah. on the list. There you go. They I've never are seen, updating it. Yeah. I've never seen really that's what that's what this show is doing, is selling us Paramount's fucking. Yeah, which is you know, brilliant. You know, we got Chinatown. Because I started watching those Paper like I'm, I'm gonna watch those movies. Yeah, yeah. We got fucking the odd couple. You know, I'm pretty sure they're gonna shill us on a few more movies before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um but I I never saw Paper Moon, but reading the 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 synopsis of it where basically it's like a a young girl and an uh, a con man. They basically end up making a likely pairing, and like going around conning people and stuff like that. It reminded me of this movie from the '90s called *The Perfect World* with uh, Kevin Costner. It's a Clint Eastwood movie. He directed it and he had a role in it. But uh, where Kevin Costner basically was like, like a robber or something like that. He ended up doing something, killing somebody, and ended up being this kid's parents. And then him and the kid like basically. Mm. are going you know had to take over the on kid, a road yeah. trip yeah and, and they're kind of like a little duo mm-hmm. really good movie man from the 90s it's, yeah. one, it's one of those that a lot of people don't talk about it's called a perfect world it's a really good uh, okay movie from the i'll 90s. go look into that but uh i know that's not paramount i think i think uh clint eastwood had a has pretty much a lifetime pretty much has like a lifetime relationship with warner brothers so i think he's still warner brothers to this day so i would imagine that oh cool a uh, perfect world was warner brothers um, but yeah, now that that's it. That's the that was the last final fig leaf there. Uh, we're coming up on the season finale number one. We need to get Alexandra on. Yes, we gotta finale. figure that out. So let's let's try to shift gears in there. Alexandra, if you're listening, we need you. Yeah, the finale. Make yourself available. Make yourself available. Um, and you know, too, man. You know, it's it's gonna be kind of sad, man. I was looking forward to. These every, you know, watching these every week. Yeah, this is an easy watch. Yeah, a, a good watch. Yeah, we don't have a show that we're going to pivot into, but we have some ideas of some things that we're going to pivot into. Yeah. So um, if if it's a week or so, don't get mad at us. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. may we may have to take a week off 
Yeah. You know, just to R and R. I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah, we. You know, I know there's there's other podcasts that do this and they do it more frequently than we do, but they also make money. <laughs> you know, and we, we got jobs. Not, we we definitely got careers, man. So he got a child. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole child, whole marriage. Yeah. So I mean, I got a cat, but yeah, Roti can take care of herself. Roti hates. I live with her. Huh? Roti hates me. So I mean, Roti hates you. She's expensive though. Is she? What? <sighs> She got a charcoal water filter. She got to get special litter, special food. Roti goddamn bougie as a bitch. Listen, it's my fault too. <laughs> yeah, she don't even eat roti. That's the funny part. That's the craziest part. She will not eat human food. <laughs> All that for nothing. All that name, I mean, for nothing. Right. Not, not your cat. But um, Bet, man, uh, anything you're looking forward to in the season finale? I don't know what to look forward to anymore. Yeah. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah. Because yeah. we're not going to get anything we predicted. Yeah. Because there's one episode left. So we're not going to. It's going to be the premiere. Yeah. We might see the drama that goes in trying to get it out in time. Yeah. Um, If they try and make it by Christmas. But it's just the premiere left and maybe what they did afterwards. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Okay. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it and I'm here for it. Yeah. Um. And I guess that's going to do it for this episode. I want more stories like this. Yeah. I'd like to see the background of more movies, like uh, how they came to be. I didn't I didn't think this was going to be this interesting. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. But what other movies had this much impact on American culture and American film culture? Like so You know what's crazy? To- I will watch and I'm not being funny. Mm-hmm. I will watch this about paid in full. Really? Because I want to know who they had to deal with. You tell an outpost story. Like, who did you have to deal with? What, who did you have to talk to? It there had to be the same kind of politics that existed to do that. Nah, because AZ was involved in it. But still, yeah. he had to make phone calls. They had to talk to people. Who? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That's the point. Yeah, Rich Porter's dead. I mean, everybody was dead or in jail. Alpo was in jail. Rich oh, okay. Dead. So I don't. But but not even. No, I'm still. There were still politics. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I would like to I see the background saying. of it. Yeah, I get what you're um, saying. Though. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, that's a very good point. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. I think a lot of those movies. How do you tell that? What goes into telling that story? Mm-hmm. I, and it makes you wonder: Did this happen around Scarface? Were Cuban people upset? They had a right to be. Mm-hmm. Probably. Especially, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, you're portraying Cubans as basically criminals. And Miami had a drug problem. What goes into that? Were yeah. there were real drugs involved? Like, I like that this was documentary style without being a documentary. Yes, it very much was. Yeah. And, and I, I think, um, you know, 50 years in between is enough time for mm-hmm. m- most of the people are dead that were involved with this story. Yeah. You know, um, you know, at least from from the resistance side. Like, I think Ruddy's passed away. Hmm. I I know Bob Evans has passed away. I'm pretty sure Blood Orange passed away. Yeah. Um, and the mafia's not gonna be too upset now. Yeah, the mafia's not what it used to be. We had yeah. Sopranos since then. We've had Goodfellas right. since then. You know, they're kind of. I would love to see this, this about Goodfellas. That would be a, that would be a really good one. Casino. Yeah. Stuff like good, that. Goodfellas and Casino. Would I be want really more of these. Ones. Yeah, I know. I remember. You know, when Sopranos was out, there was you know there was a little bit of. A little bit of so for uh, have you ever seen The Sopranos? Not enough to talk about it. Okay, well, like the first season, um, Tony Soprano wore a lot of like cargo shorts and shit. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, I 
I think uh, there was a conversation that was had was like, yo, the Don don't wear shorts, bro. Yeah. So after that, it was put all suit knees pants up. after that. Yeah, yeah put that in. Put and his knees like, he's finna go surfing. That's not, yeah, what, that's not what the Don do. This nigga's in charge. Yeah, put his knees little, up. How you gonna have Indiana Jones the Don, my nigga? Mike. You know, yeah. So, uh, so I think there was a conversation that was had, which was like, yo, the Don don't Clean wear cargo up. shorts, yeah. bro. Put them in, put them in suits. Clean them up. And his attire changed after that. Um, but yeah, I wonder how much resistance like the Soprano because I mean, the you know I don't know how alive and well the mafia still is, but if it does exist, it's definitely in Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, and, and and that's that that was the backdrop for the Sopranos. So, um, and shit, he was the biggest gangster on TV every week, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, so James, you know, rest in peace to James Gandolfini, one of the best to do it. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't know what other movies. I would love to see this on because of the the behind the scenes politics, but I think you hit it on the head with Goodfellas. I think you hit it on the head with yeah. Goodfellas. I need um I need this much energy about you know the making of something for the Last Dragon. See, I'm a Last really? Dragon. Guy. What the Last Dragon was there? Is there a story to tell there? You think? No, I don't think so. For oh, real, okay. I mean, you just want like, You just want more of the Last Dragon. I want more of the last. Man, the Last Dragon was my Got shit growing up, boy. Show enough. Yeah, you couldn't, man. Eighty in eight between eighty eight, eighty nine. Well, eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine. You couldn't tell me nothing about the Last Dragon or Big Trouble in Little China. I oh watched, my gosh, I watched them jumps like every day. Wasn't that bro. Eddie Murphy and a little boy? No, that's the, the Golden Child. Okay, Big Trouble in Little China was uh, Kurt Russell. Um. Uh, who else? Oh, the 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 Kim Cattrall, the girl from Sex and the City. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Big Trouble Little China was my shit. I I know that movie word for word, and I know fucking Last Dragon word for word. So, sure. Um, yeah. My so. mom dressed me up as Show Enough um on Halloween when I was a kid. Your I'll find the funny. pictures. I'll yeah. find the pictures and post it if I can. Please. <laughs> like she please. she went and got me the jacket and everything. Yeah. I had a little t-shirt, but yeah. She oh, dressed so, me up like Shona. So she was so she was into that movie. My mom loves that movie. Yo, six it could mama come on you, right now. Six, and she would make us stop recording. She could watch it. Listen, Six Mama, if you listen to this, please, please yeah. find a way to get in contact with me. I'd love to talk to you about that movie. Yeah. She I, dressed me up as Shona. My because I had an older brother who did martial arts. One okay. of my older brothers oh, so did. He's Bruce Leroy for yes. Real. Okay. And we were we were the closest in age. Got it. So we went trick or treating together, and he was Bruce Leroy, and mm. I was Shonuff. Nice. And I'm like two years younger than him, so you know I was like maybe three or four. Right. Dressed up like a little Shonuff, and he wow. has on his little Bruce Leroy outfit. She put like a she she was so crafty. Mm-hmm. She took yellow construction paper mm-hmm. and like taped it to the back of his costume and cut it out around his body shape like the to be the glow. Oh my yeah. god, that's so. I gotta fly, find those pictures. Yo. If I find them, I'll post them. Please, yeah. yo, that's some crafty shit. Yep, yo. I would. She had the little top ponytail. She blew my hair out and didn't press it. Had the top ponytail, and the little outfit, the little red outfit, and he had on the little the he had his gi on, mm-hmm. and she cut out construction paper and made it the glow. And we were Bruce Lee Roy mm-hmm. and That's so dope, yo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but shout out to the real star of the Last Dragon, uh, Richie, bro, the little brother. He was the <laughs> coolest nigga alive, man. But yeah, now, nah, um, uh, shit, that's that on that, man. I think I think we kind of burned a hole in this. The offer episode nine. Looking forward to next week's season finale, episode ten. Really, it's just in a couple days, but yeah. by the time we record, it'll be next week. Um, you want to give them our social six? Yes. On Instagram, we are Grams of Snow Pod. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, we are Grams of Snow. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll start posting, po- posting post, 
posting polls okay. about some of the stuff we're thinking about talking about. That'd be dope. And see what they want. Um, I know that. Well, you guys do this anyway. Send us stuff you might want us to look at. Mm-hmm. That's that's always welcome. Even if we don't respond to it, doesn't mean that we don't see it. It's right. always welcome. The idea of hey, can you guys check this out or right. you know understand that if it's a binge kind of thing, you might just get one or two episodes on it. Right. But if we you know if we're into it, we'll definitely consider it. Agree. Our little John Cazal post is doing pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. Every day it seems like we're getting some a couple of likes on, on it. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I, I want to try to do a little bit more content like that, where it's like it's trivia, trivia that's adjacent to the genre that we're talking about. Yeah. Because I'm starting to realize we we have a lot of bit of, we have a lot of insight on some some things when mm-hmm. it comes to that. And we're history nerds on top of everything. Yeah. So if we can put it into context in a short little reel video and get some some traction there. I think I'm going to start exploring that a little bit more. Okay. So, All right. Well, shit, that's that on that, man. We'll see y'all back next week for episode 10 of The Offer. I guess in the meantime, you probably want to get your passport in case somebody wants to go to Sicily. Bye, friends. <laughs> Peace. This has been an On Ear Network production.